Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. The 1900 census is one of the earliest records of James Charles and his family from a small Mississippi hamlet that most people have never heard of. The census records list a mother with seven children. Historians believe that James was the next to the last. Family photo albums were not in abundance for a single mom struggling to keep her and seven siblings alive. As a matter of fact, she followed in death by passing away around the time her son James reached seven years old. For the record, before we even get started on this episode of Mississippi Magic, I'll tell you that James Charles himself died young, much too young. But what he left behind fills the heart and soul of millions upon millions across America and the entire world. Something that has evolved over the decades and shaped into each generation's image and interpretation. Yet no matter how much time has shaped and reshaped what he's credited on giving birth to, the DNA never changes. More on James Charles, another famous Mississippian whose contribution to mankind and womankind at one time or the other has touched most people on planet Earth. Right after this, from our friends at Divinity Equipment, the team at Divinity is committed to making 2020 the best year in their history. When you're talking about the oldest Kubota dealer in America, that's quite a history. Divinity Equipment begins the year with red-hot first-quarter programs plus zero APR financing. From tractors to backhoes to excavators to zero-turn mowers, make 2020 the year you go orange by getting a Divinity Deal. that comes with America's best service after the sale. Divinity Equipment on Highway 51 North in Madison and in Jackson, or as close to you as DiviniEquipment.com. Check it out along with their rental department. Divinity Equipment. Now back to this podcast episode of Mississippi Magic titled The Water Boy. When James Charles' mother died, he moved back in with his father, a railroad man from the Mobile and Ohio Railroad. His father got him a job as, yep, a water boy. No, not like football. This water boy fed the enormous thirst of the powerful locomotives back in the early 1900s. At the time when the railroads across the country used about 80 billion cubic feet of water each year. James Charles made his way up the ladder at the railroad, but since he was 13 years old, the adventure of the open road and entertaining was his calling, his destiny. And it wasn't just an idle dream. At 13 years old, James had already put together two traveling shows. Imagine that, a 13-year-old entrepreneur going on the road only with the help of somebody else who could drive. But James did, until at least his dad yanked him from his dreams and set him straight on the tracks of life as a water boy. Looking back, it seems rather stifling for a youngster whose life contributions to humanity is one of the biggest in American history. After some mounting problems with his father, but most of all his failing health from tuberculosis, at 27 years of age, James Charles crossed the tracks and left the railroad behind. With a wife and daughter, he returned to the people in the state he knew best, Mississippi. And that's when a little Mississippi magic began to lead James on the road to immortality. 
And this is how it all began, that seed planted that's given life to oaks across every square inch of America. Well, not trees, but music. With his health an issue, he formed another traveling show with two guys named Jimmy and Otis. His very first performance was on a radio station in Asheville, North Carolina. And then the summer of 27, word leaked out that a guy named Ralph Peer was holding an audition in Bristol, Tennessee for new talent. And that created a ton of excitement because the guy was a representative from a company called Victor Talking Machine Company. Oh, it was a turbulent start. After a fight with his band, James went alone for the recording session that ultimately paid him $100 for two recorded songs, both on a contraption provided by the Victor Talking Machine Company. Those songs did meet with some moderate success, but James Charles was sure this is what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. It was on to New York for another recording session, then a songwriting partnership with his talented sister-in-law who would go on to write over 40 songs, all etched in the pages of history by the incredible voice of James Charles. You see, it's hard to comprehend, fully comprehend in today's world, a time long, long ago when a genre of music, music that came from the heart and soul, had little direction, no certain name, no defined future path, all of that critically needed to market and package to the masses. Not unlike the environment presented to another Mississippian named W.C. Handy, the father of the blues. But this music wasn't given life in the bosom of a Delta cotton field. This music found its existence in the heart and soul of the people from the hills and dales, the countryside. And this one man, above and beyond all others, with his talent and his growing fame, took that music from the countryside to the American people as country music. And he did that in around eight short years, from the time of that first recording session at the age of 27 to his untimely death at the young age of 35. His songs commanded almost every radio station's playlist in America. His unique style earned him two famous nicknames. Remember the job his dad got him on the railroad as a water boy? Well, he advanced to the important position of stopping the train, a task he took over from his brother, who stepped up to being an engineer. For that and the songs that reflected that period of experience in his life, he got the nickname as the Singing Brakeman. There was another, the Blue Yodler. It was a style of singing incorporated into his songs that he picked up from a traveling troupe of Swiss emissaries doing a demonstration at a local church. That's how the Blue Yodler came about. In just two short years after the first recording session, James Charles' songs and fame skyrocketed. His songs sold millions, and the demand for performance outnumbered what he could physically keep up with because of that tuberculosis. James Charles was advised by his doctors to take it easy. He didn't. He kept a hectic pace until he couldn't anymore. One of his last recording session songs that required resting on a cot in between breaks to complete what was called the Mississippi Delta Blues. James Charles died a few days later, May 26, 1933. At the time of his death, the songs recorded for the Victor Talking Machine Company, now a company called RCA Victor. His songs accounted for a full 10% of their total sales. Born in a place called Pine Springs, just a stone's throw north of Meridian, James Charles Rogers, better known to the world, not as James Rogers, but as Jimmy Rogers. He fought Texas, he fought Tennessee, he fought Texas, he fought Tennessee. 
Frankie and Johnny were sweethearts. Oh, Lord, how they did love. So to be true to each other, true as the stars above, he was her man. He wouldn't do her wrong. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Shine. Do you need another mule skinner out on your new mud line? He's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. I told him once or twice to quit playing cards and shooting dice. He's in the jailhouse now. With friends around and even pals that I know are true still i'm lonely home sick and blue there's no one who can cheer me when i'm alone longing for my mississippi home some music historians say if you did a family tree after looking at the DNA of country music, you'd find the father is the blues and the mother is gospel. Jimmy Rogers' legacy is rightfully preserved in the Country Music Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and his hometown Meridian Jimmy Rogers Museum, as well as the impressive new nearby Max, Mississippi's Art and Entertainment Museum. Meridian, Mississippi's Jimmy Rogers influence has been felt in the music of everyone from Leonard Skinner to Merle Haggard, Bono to Bob Dylan. And as such, Jimmy Rogers is recognized today across the country, across the world, as the father of country music. Not bad for a kid who started out as a water boy. So when you hear the phrase Mississippi, the birthplace of America's music, it's not just a catchy marketing slogan. It's an historical fact. Amazing that from the arts and entertainment and even the world of sports, which, by the way, Jimmy Rogers never played sports, even though his father's name was Aaron, Aaron Rogers. Mississippians' footprints have led the way in the pages of history, a fact that we should all be proud of. And it's hard to believe that all that could come from my state, your state, without truly a bit of Mississippi magic. <laughs> Talk Mississippi Media Production.